Yo, what up? What up, what up, what up? This is you, Levine. Gule Wei, Orion de Peligrosa. T-Double. The mighty DJ Mel. This is Ginger Lee. Zilli. Protégé. Yo, 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 everybody, it's Toddy B. This is your favorite giant China man, CK. DJ K. Cali, you rocking with the feedback. The feedback. The feedback. The feedback. The feedback. You are listening to The Feedback Podcast. With my homie back. And welcome to the Feedback Podcast, everybody. My name is Back, and we got Byron in the house. What up, what up? And Miko and Lane are somewhere out. I don't know, but they'll be back soon. Don't worry. And before I introduce my special guest today, I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, Heard Presents. Make sure you go to EmpireHX.com. Uh, check out all the shows that are coming to Empire Control Room and Garage over on Red River. There's a bunch of shows coming up. Jizza and the Brownout was just announced. Uh, Ohio players uh, later in July, and I saw Yellow Wolf mm. and Hoodie with the Hoodie Booty, something like that. I don't fucking know. Anyway, <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you went to the show? Oh, no. Nah. Oh, I don't okay, even know. Yeah. I can't, it's like Hoodie with the Hoodie with the Booty. Or... I don't know. Hoodie with the Duty, whatever it is. Anyway, <laughs> go to EmpireTakes.com and, uh, <laughs> and uh, use promo code FDBK to get 10% off your ticket. Shout out to our friends at Her Presents. All right, we're here at New Studio. For those yeah. not watching, you can Woo! go to YouTube and check it out. Uh, but special guest, comedian Jones Fanger, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, back. Thanks for having me on the No, program. thank you for coming. You're our first guest. You get to inaugurate our new place. Oh, it's nice. No, this is, um. So I didn't know the digs before, but this one's nice. I took my shoes off to come in here. Yeah. That's how, hey. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know you're Classy. a guest when the shoes come off. That's what I, I feel. And I got like a pound and a half of, of cookies. That <laughs> right were, here, right here, A folks. pound and a half of oatmeal raisin <laughs> what cookies. What other podcast does Which that? my wife yeah. will tell you is an old person's cookie. Every time I eat one, she's like, do you also want prunes? Do you also <laughs> Are you wearing your heart rate monitor? She goes at it. Yeah, but yeah. We're good. We're going to finish this, hopefully. So if you hear... Munching on the microphones, you know what we're That's eating. That's some homemade oatmeal raisin cookies. Hell yeah. Oof. My girl, my girl uh, loves to bake, so take advantage of it. Anyway, let's dive into it. When did, how did, when did you catch the, the comic bug? Oh. Uh, when did you think you were funny? Uh, okay, so that's something. <laughs> no, no, no. I think everybody in here can, can at least, uh, you, you guys can all understand this. You grow up knowing whether you're funny or not some people never know some people think they're funny and they're the least <laughs> Somebody, i have no yeah. idea something yeah, that's funny, absolutely man. true when you see someone that just sucks like sucks socially they can't land a joke you just feel bad for them those people will be delusional for life think about Often, jim in the morning they, they end up in general manager roles at merchandising stores i'm not joking that's the people that just want to drop comedy genius on you every shift, and you're like, okay, can I go do something and not talk? No, to no, anyone? no. Let me tell you about the time when. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. When I went after my own car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just what, it, like you, that. you have, yeah, they force the laugh on you. But uh, if you're funny, you know you're funny. You you pick up on social timing and whatnot, and so I I, I this is gonna sound so cocky, but I think please again, funny people will understand this. If you are funny, and then you know if you're one of the funniest in the room, and then you start to recognize you rarely run into people as funny as you. This was something that I, I cared about, making people laugh and also being an attention whore, like times 12. I don't know how to describe <laughs> it, but I think I, I definitely, at first, I just wanted to make people laugh, and also the attention wasn't bad. I, that was probably the driving force when I was a kid. But you start to pick that up, and anytime you share a room with someone that is funny – 
you like note it. You're like, damn, this dude's funny. It's kind of intimidating and whatnot. And it then is something yeah. in you almost competes with them. <laughs> Just like, well, he's got the room. Now I've got the room. And it's not necessarily the right motivation when you're a kid. But as you grow up, you refine this and so on and so forth. Stand up. I avoided like. I avoided like the plague just because it was my favorite thing. Like my dad would listen to just actual records. Like and, who? Uh, Carlin, uh, yeah, Car- Bruce. yeah, Carlin Pryor nice. uh, and Gallagher. Who you wouldn't know this, but Gallagher he, had records. He released twelve albums in his career. I'm not. <laughs> they were joking. not DVDs back then. He's just the, matching. the dudes pump. He pumped out material like nobody else. I know he, he did. I, but he like I know he had the sledgehammer and the watermelon. Blah blah. blah. But the dude has more depth than that. I got to meet him in Las Vegas wow. and just oh, hear wow. some crazy stories. Uh, absolutely great. He's a he's a good guy. Uh, crazy stories. But uh, but yeah, man. I it's actually it, it was you and Obi, and I don't think I had met you yet. If I had, I met you then. Was it was it through stand up? No, it was through through Obi. Yes, yeah, yeah. Was it? But it was it comedy because I didn't know if I'd met you because I knew Obi before. So okay, let's just back up for the listener. Uh, we both have a mutual friend named Obi, very talented videographer, editor, Dan you Obi. name it. Yeah, he dances. He's he's the man. I even have him saved in my phone as Obi Nice. The dude is that. He's that <laughs> Shout nice. out to Obi, Shout man. Out to no, Obi. no, no, no. Working absolutely. for CBS. No, he's great. He's uh, he's a great dude. But but I saw him post a five minute video of him doing his first open mic. Maybe it was four minutes at Cap City Comedy Club. And I've never. And this isn't anything against Obi. He is funny. He's nicer than he is funny, and stand-up would never be something that I would peg for him. Like not like not that personality type to be like I gotta get on stage. I gotta, and uh, and it wasn't bad. It was like he got his laughs. He he held the crowd. It was a good four-minute set, and just having misjudged him so so severely, like that he could do so well and be that effective, I was like. Well, goddamn it! I'm getting on stage. I'm next funny week. too, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can do that. I've been fucking funny, like more impatient, <laughs> like like seriously. It's a tap dance and if he can do that, I should just the competition in me came out and and more like get over yourself, like get over that Ooh. fear of trying something that I really love and failing because that was my like I would not if I met Julia Roberts and Tom Hanks, I would be I would have the starstruck thing. Yeah. Uh, but nothing like meeting a comedian. Cause when you meet a comedian, uh, for some reason that would just hit me hard. Like I got to meet Robin Williams and meeting Robin Williams just oh. almost made my heart explode because wow. he had been in everything I'd ever seen as a kid. Just like you're here, you're now like it, that was something. And then if, and, and again, I had no interest in doing stand up when I met him, but if I had, I absolutely wouldn't me- mention that I did. That's like meeting Calvin Klein and being like, Oh, I design clothes. Like you don't <laughs> say that to the top, to the pinnacle. So uh, but yeah, so, so it the was very that- ne- one week after I saw Obi's video, I was at Cap City Comedy Club in Austin and I did four minutes. I probably ran the light by like 15 or 30 seconds. Uh-huh. I talked about you. You were there. I, I was there. I, remember. I literally talked about the filthiest shit my mind could come up with because <laughs> that's what every douchebag that does stand up male or female. You go hard for those first like months in stand up. You just. If it if it includes nut sacks, buttholes, and fluids, <laughs> and viscosity, smell, yeah. taste, ugh, thick jokes, all it visceral works. like shit that ugh, cringy. It would be the best way to describe it. I still dabble in the cringe because I like a good reaction, but back then, visceral to me was uh, almost the same as getting laughs. Like, ugh, not but good. But you know, like Obi taped the show, the first one, the one that I went up at. Oh, I have yeah, a video yeah, yeah. of that. Yeah. So I think you you were there. 
Yeah. No, no. I I think I honestly think it was you, me, and Kenny and uh, Echo. Echo. Like the whole crew. So there's a video of your first time somewhere because I put mine on YouTube. It's on. It's on. It's on YouTube, and and someone else posted it. And there's no way to like reach out to someone and be like, "Yo, can you like take that down?" Because it's got the most views, and that's what bookers yeah, one see. Video. <laughs> yeah, they, the bookers will see that before they see any of my other stuff that looks professional or where was the that's Laugh hilarious. Factory. Yeah, yeah, they'll see. Me, my first time, no beard, kind of bloated. I was in a relationship, <laughs> so you always get fat when you're in a relationship. And yep. I just told jokes about my nutsack and butthole for like five minutes. It was, I mean, I did well. Like, we, if you watch it, you'll hear laughs, but I'm not necessarily saying it's for the right reasons now. Like, I couldn't, it, it sucks that it still exists. That's what I'm saying. I mean, saying. like, mine, I went up and I was like, I think my first joke was, yeah, my I'm, I'm, my name is back, and yes, I'm I speak French, and if you go to France, that there's tons of me over there. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, like, no, it's like yes, it's I'm back, back I speak like back. Yes. You turn your back right. to the audience. Yes, yeah, I yeah. made I made that joke, and every, I didn't have a punchline for my jokes because I was just like, uh, yeah, All and steps. then you go there and I go here. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. I literally said that. Like it's the worst punchline ever. Uh, so were these. Like improv performances or no, 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 they were open mic. They were open mics. Okay. They were they were material. You're fleshing out some concepts you had. Uh, me overdoing it because it was my first time, and it happened to coincide with my 30th birthday. Mm. That's what That's was significant right. for me <laughs> okay. as well. Yeah, yeah. So I'm 35 now. I've only been doing comedy for about five and a half years, and absolutely have fallen in love with it. But but starting at 30 is really goddamn late. Like I I'm disappointed that I didn't find it earlier. That's true. You know what I mean? Like any in any profession, whatever your industry, whatever your passion, the earlier you start, the better. Just getting in those quality hours, you know, I mean, doing... I yeah. thought, uh, yeah. We interviewed uh, Dan Soder uh, for doing Moon Tower, mm-hmm. and I asked him, so when did you start? He goes, I was 19. And I was, I was going every fucking day. Every fucking day I had to get on stage. I love it. And now he's like, what, 30, 34? Is he just absolute, like, beast mode on stage? He's on Showtime. He's he's on SiriusXM. He tours. He was on Netflix. How hard you work directly correlates with your success. I mean, there are degrees. Um, It doesn't help to be seen by the right set of eyes, but... When you see people lay it out like that, like I, I'm not, I'm not familiar with that comedian, but they're look them up. I will absolutely, especially hearing that. But like Chingo Bling, he's a he's yeah. a Houston, Texas product. Um, the just you got to see it for yourself. But his, uh, he runs a he runs a tight ship, man. He's a gentleman from first second. He knows everybody's name from the door guy to the bartender. Wow. He's just like he's on it. Everybody that's in his crew is genuinely his family, and they all rock at their respective positions. Be it you know, it's it's beautiful to see it as poetry in motion. And I'm telling you, nobody and he 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 only started doing comedy about three and a half years ago, or maybe three years ago. It's not too late, man. We can do it. Hey. I'm telling we you, can do, you know what? He's a student. I mean, uh, he'll be the first say in his first year. He didn't feel, he didn't feel like he was really congealing with the material. And then, yeah. and then when I saw him before this recording of his latest album on Netflix, boy, there are some jokes that he wrote that just made me flat out jealous. Like, dude, you've been working and you can see it. It sounds like, you know, sounds like the dude, yeah. Though. No, seriously, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, how long did it take you to go from open mic to host? Are you headlining yet? 
Yeah, I'm headlining almost exclusively. I still I still feature for the Laugh Factories the in Im- Chicago, the Improvs. Oh, uh, the Laugh Factory, and there was one in Scottsdale. It's gone to uh, Las Vegas and Reno. Laugh Factories are two that I feature for, and then uh, Chicago's a tough one to get into. Chicago does a great job of booking uh, in state, which is awesome, and and in city they take care of their comedy scene very very well. Uh-huh. But it is hard to get your foot in that door because they have such a talented roster of Chicago yes. comics. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I still feature for, you know, a comedy club on state in Madison. I still feature out there. Mm-hmm. The places where I feature, I'm telling you, they just got some, some banger headliners, like, you know, lots of, lots of good credits, but they're there for a reason. You can like drop they, names. Oh, I, uh, well, I mean, at, at comedy club on state, I got to work with Theo Vaughn. He's a beast. Yeah. Uh, Jenny's a greeno. Uh, if you don't know her, I'm just telling you, she's, she was on the, the newest bad Santa Okay. She's okay. a funny bitch, man. She is so. She. <laughs> I'm saying it. I love her. She's a sister. Like we just worked together for that for that weekend. I think it was a Friday, uh, just a Thursday through Saturday in Madison, and man, she could just go off the cuff with people in the front row for 15 minutes and have tears rolling down <laughs> my face. And I I rarely like now that I'm, I I mean I don't watch everybody set every time. When I was new, yeah. I would just sit in the showroom and laugh hard and. Uh, and, and now I kind of try to get my thoughts together, but she will draw you into the room, her storytelling ability, just her comfort on stage. She's so cocky. It, it's she's Jenny's a greeno. Look up Theo Vaughn as well. Theo Vaughn's Theo a Vaughn's great storyteller. Yeah. Yeah. He's got, <laughs> so he is, and I can, I can say this. I'm a huge fan of his work. Uh, he's stupidly handsome and then he's got a cute, cute Southern accent and like, <laughs> and then a storytelling. I'm sure he would hate, I'm sure he would hate even the mention of how women will view him and all that. But he's like, guys want to hate him. And then he's funny as hell. And you're like, nah, you want to hate him even more. It's like taking your girl to a John Mayer concert. You right. know, for a while she's going to fall in love with him while he's on stage holding the guitar. And you just have to sit there and be like, Hey, when we get home, we're having sex with the lights on. I hope you know that <laughs> you know that's happening, you're not right? having sex with John Mayer on my, on my dollar. What about the greats? I mean, the Rock and so, CK. Oh, what about them? Like, uh, now nah, have you got to work with them? Or is I got, I, I've got to work with some, with some, uh, some of my all-time heroes. Like I said before, Gallagher. Uh, he might have been some of the earliest, goofiest, silliest stuff I ever saw. <laughs> no, truly, when I saw him jumping on that on that couch trampoline when I was a kid, if that didn't blow your mind, you weren't paying attention because I was like, that can be a profession. Uh, but I got, I got, I got to meet. I got to work with, uh, do you know Alex Remundo? He's a Hispanic and red Mexican. Uh, I work with Chingo now. Uh, Steve Trevino, another very, uh, he's a powerhouse coming out of Texas. Uh, Raymond Orta, he's yep. blowing up right now, real crazy. And I work with Joey Medina from the, the Latin Kings of Comedy yes. as well, which is yes. really, uh, he's badass. I got to do a show with him, Steve Mudflu, uh, Steve Mudflap McGrew. He's based out of Denver. And, uh, Jackie, the joke man, Martin. Martley. Holy really? shit. The yeah. joke man. I, I got to open up for those three guys. It, and Jackie closed it, of course. But, I mean, I got to do it in front of a, a sold-out crowd in Las Vegas at the uh, South Point Casino. And we brought the house down. And then after... I know Jackie <laughs> was, still do, was still doing it. it, it this, I mean, how old is he now? Is can I be him? X-rated? This is the greatest yeah, thing. Yeah, well, Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Ja- uh, Jackie, after the show, he came and found me out in the lobby. It was just out in front of the theater. And he comes up to me, and uh, and I'm standing there with a group of friends. 
And he and he grabs my shoulder, leans in, and he's like, hey, whatever pussy you got lined up, cancel it. You're going to come to our room. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to hang out with the boys. But that's Jackie the joke man, Martha. Killing it. Wow. <laughs> Nicest. Got that invite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Fuck want yeah. that invite. Yeah. Absolutely want that invite. I Actually, mean, the, the guy's been doing I I'm mean, not avoiding this cookie for listeners. No, no, it's all right. It's Glenn. good. Good, good, good. But like I um Jackie from the Howard Stern show, like that's how I was there, I was there pretty much like, you know, got him up there. I was already doing jokes, but I didn't know he was still performing. Mm-hmm. In the dirtiest shit ever. Oh, <laughs> as and always. Great. Yeah, that that picture perfect timing. I got to work with Rob Schneider, which is like mm. the realist. Dude, all the people you you're you're listening right now will come in Austin within the next month or so. What's what's the festival? Cap City Comedy Club. Oh, they're just coming through there. Theo Vaughn's coming. Uh, Rob Schneider's coming. Oh, badass. Yeah, man. They're bringing some killers. Trevino, Caps- you said? Steve Trevino's there now, or he was there last weekend. Yeah. If you haven't seen his show or his specials, dude, is he's the nicest dude in person. And then on stage, I mean, he takes care of business. I've never seen him have a bad set. That's- What's the weirdest place where you have to perform? Ah, this is I a great one, dude. That. All right, so I am a frequenter of the Rio Grande Valley in Texas. I absolutely love it. Uh, it's the 956 area code. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm down there like six, seven times a year. And I love the area. I love the culture. love the people. They're my most enthusiastic fans, 100%. Um, but I've, I've performed in some places that were never meant to house comedy. And one time I was down there with Raymond Orta, and we were performing at a retirement show. At 10 a.m., outdoors, <laughs> underneath one of those basketball courts that has, like, the aluminum roof. You know those yeah, courts yeah, that yeah. have a roof over the whole thing? Yeah. So they set up, like, 50 metal folding chairs. And It's a basketball court? It's a basketball court. The retirement court. home got a early basketball morning, court? Yes, early morning, <laughs> retirement center, metal folding chairs on an outdoor basketball court. And, and they, don't, they don't speak a word of English. Nobody. I mean that nobody in the retirement. And I mean, we're, we're averaging 75 years of age and older in this mm-hmm. group. And they don't. And I mean this. They don't speak a word of English. There's no, probably the, the English speakers in the group are, are bilingual. And it's like uh, a visiting daughter or son. Mm-hmm. The occasional young person in the crowd. When I say young, I mean, 50 respectively are sitting out there and they're cracking up because. OK, so Raymond goes up and he does. 20 minutes. I wasn't even supposed to be on the show. I was just setting up. I was setting up sound. I was making it easy for him. And Raymond goes up for 15, 20 minutes. He gets nothing. They don't make a peep. They don't blink. They don't move. And he is truly flustered. And this is a dude that smashes. This guy leaves with standing ovations Mm -hmm. more often than he doesn't. And he is trying everything to turn these old people's frowns and gummy (laughs) smiles into true smiles. And he just like he just walks over, hands me the mic, and he's like, dude, give me 15 minutes. I got to get my head together. Wow. Like, I've never been – there was no introduction. It wasn't like, welcome to the stage. Yeah. He just comes over and says, bro, I need 15 minutes to get my head together. Now, I know they don't – he hasn't said a word of English in most of his set. He's just going through it in Spanglish and Spanish. And, right, right. And I just go with every – like, just like I don't know the difference, I go and I attack my set. I mean <laughs> – attack it like i go full like my physicalities if they're not gonna understand english they're gonna laugh at my performance they're not gonna understand start doing ballet and a beaded dance (laughs) i get few laughs but i i entertain them for 15 minutes to where they're at least captivated and they're in it were they smiling or just smiling and laughing yeah yeah smiling and laughing it wasn't a big response but it was enough 
it was it was the amount I needed not to want to hang myself. Because <laughs> 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 like five minutes feels like an eternity if they're not making a noise. So they were giving me what I needed, but there was a complete language barrier. Absolutely none of my material was prepared for them. So all they're responding to is a white dude speaking totally in English and throwing himself on the floor and dan- and pelvic thrusting and just like <laughs> and they're like, Oh, that's entertaining. Oh, that's cool. All right. Oh, yeah. He's trying hard, yeah. right? And then Raymond comes out and does much, much better. And, and like later, he's like, dude, that's the hardest shit I've ever had to do. Thank you for that 15 minute break. I needed that. I couldn't have done it without that. I'm like, hell yeah. But that was one. I mean, and, and, and this one is this one's miserable. This was the this was the last time I ate like the, the biggest dick. This was the biggest dick eating I've ever done on stage. I was in um, I think it was I think it was Laredo and I think it was a cattle and livestock show. And I was doing a show for the ca- uh, the cattle uh, the rodeo and livestock show. Mm-hmm. It's a rodeo and livestock thing. And I was doing a show for their volunteers. And at this, I thought, okay, people that put this thing together, they're going to be twenties to fifties. This is going to be the shit. It was seven years old up to seventy something years old, and they were all up about seventy five yards away from the stage. <laughs> I was stuck behind a podium. There were so many tables between me and them. The place was the size of a target. All the fluorescent lighting was on. My set very much requires me to move around, and I was stuck leaning over a microphone with that little bendy neck. It's <laughs> like so, doing a speech. And, and especially since they're seven years old and seven-year-old, and everybody in here is, uh, they're all churchgoers. This is a church-sponsored mm. event and this all your benefits act? the church. So my whole act is not appropriate. So the only people laughing, and I do mean this, 30 minutes, Holding, like clinging on to. <laughs> I was trying jokes I'd never tried before because I was like, I don't have thirty minutes of clean. That's the bottom line. I don't have. I don't have thirty minutes of Christian comedy right now. I don't. Yeah. I don't have. I don't. There's a. There's a. There's a formula. I just don't have it. I'm not even interested in having it. <laughs> That's not the kind of comedy no, I, I want out. I don't either. But man, thirty minutes. The only laughs I was getting were the people that couldn't believe I was saying what I was saying in that setting. They were just like grabbing their mouths and laughing. Yeah, like, and yeah, the people that were laughing were just like, I can't believe he just said that. Like, you can't talk about <laughs> prostitution in here. And, I, <laughs> and then I got the biggest laugh at the end when I was like, hey, guys, I'll be over here selling my shirt. <laughs> and they like <laughs> broke up. And then a woman came up after and she's like, hey, are you selling those shirts? And I was like, yeah, actually, I got them right here. And she's like, no, I'm just kidding. Have a nice day. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I loved it. That was that was good. I had to give it to her. Nice. Man, but it's got to be tough because, like, when you think of comedy, it's like the only art that I can think of that you have to do in front of people. You can practice guitar all day at at, at home and be the best, and then you get on stage like you're prepared. But I think that there's nothing like the real thing. I get what you're saying. Well, you can't yeah, practice yeah, yeah. your jokes in, alone in your closet or you to your friends. You can. I'll, as a matter of fact, uh, and I'll argue only but, because it's legitimately the way that I do it. I stopped doing open mics about six months in uh-huh. because I found it to be the same thing over and over. Uh, like uh, aside, it's what you get out of it. And I probably went into it with the wrong mindset. Like everybody was just. I just didn't get a good vibe from it. You go there, you hear the same people do the same six minutes yeah. for an entire year, maybe two years straight, and they don't change that six minutes. So it felt more social. It felt more like people joining cliques and stuff. Yeah. So I, and, and going back to what I was talking about in the beginning, I've been funny my whole life. 
All right, stand-up is new to me, but I've not lacked for timing and making people laugh and reaching people in a funny way. Mm -hmm. So I go home, and when I write something, I know it's funny. It's been pre-approved by me. I rehearse it. I know the timing that it needs because, once again, I've been doing it my whole life. Not comedy, just funny. You say it was going to be cocky when you started. Yeah, I told you that. <laughs> no, but that sounds... Uh, no, I get it. I get it. At least I get the I get the foundation of what I want to say, and I and I will prepare the hell out of it at home. I want to know what I'm saying. I but want you don't know, know what you, but See, I went to, I went to, I'm a drama kid. I went, I went to Texas state uh, in theater. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. So even doing that, you think it's funny. If you stand out in front of a, there's no way for you to know if it's funny to others on this check, she get in front of others. Here's the trick, man. Everything that you say on stage, deliver it with the confidence that it's already been pre-approved as funny. I'm not asking. I'm telling watch Daniel Tosh. So much of his stuff is, it's so risque that he could lose the entire crowd on one thing, but he says it with so much confidence. He's not going to wait for you to keep up, and it just gets funnier and funnier and funnier. And I'm not comparing. I'm not saying yeah, he's yeah. on a different level, but uh, I I know I I get the timing. I've written a lot of a lot of skits. I write a lot of stand up now, and and in the timing, I know it's going to happen because what I really trust in is movement, performance, mm -hmm. my writing ties what I'm trying to get across. Basically, uh, when people ask about my style, I'm like, ah, party stories. I, 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 the same way if it were just my boys, like if we were here and this table wasn't here and I wanted to tell you about the craziest got arrested story, the craziest stalker story, I'd be up, I'd be animated, just like when you're like, and then the cops came in and then this dude jumped <laughs> over. So when people ask for my style, I'm like, yeah, party stories, like party stories that I get to act out, you know? And, and so once again, when I'm behind closed doors, I, I get to work out the timing of it, just like when you look at a script, you get to decide when to move, when to stop. I know that sounds weird. I know it sounds like you're preparing a monologue, but at least give it some bones. Mm -hmm. And then when you're on stage, you're free to go wherever you want. You've given it, uh, you've given it a skeleton, but it is your story. So every time you tell it, tell it like it's the first time you but told it. Like you just get behind it and know that you know that story now. If just like old men who it, tell great stories, right, but yeah. they told it's it a still, million times before. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Just subjective. What do you mean? In a sense that I could be in the back in the crowd in the audience and you're telling that story and that doesn't make me laugh. Right. And if the guy next to me and the girl at my table feels the same way, then as funny as you think that that joke is, it can still bomb. Sure. It depends on the crowd. That's, that's what I'm saying. No, like, no, that for is you a risk, to know. But, but also there is there is going with an instinct in comedy, which sure. is just knowing what's going to work. I know that sounds funny, but I don't I, I pride myself on having great shows every time. Like I, I those two stories are like the two worst times I ever ate a dick on stage. And then I made fucking sure that my shit lands so I don't go through that. Mm -hmm. Like that that'll teach you quick shape up. Every show's gotta be good. Like at least in it gets you in the com competitive mindset because I, I truly believe every time a comedian, a stand-up comedian performs, they are auditioning to come back. Yeah. Like, yo, can I do this again next time? Oh, awesome. That's great. That's one week I don't have to think about. So I try to leave that impression. I try to show the effort, blah, blah, blah. So when, when I'm presenting this, I mean, again, instinctually, I, I know what's going to work now. I know... I know I'm, I'm not saying that I have my voice. People talk about the voice, but like yeah. the reason the reason uh, Bill Burr and, and Louis C.K. and Chris Rock, the reason these people are so funny is because they're unquestionably the person they're going to be for the rest of their lives. They've got these set, these set stone like the, I guess these uh, 
building blocks of mm-hmm. I'm not budging past this point. I'm either very conservative or very liberal. I, I got a hard bend on whatever, but they've got their voice. They know where they're coming from. When you hear Bill Burr and he goes on those rage-filled rants, they're natural. That's like what you expect to hear when yeah, you're hanging you, out yeah. with them at you, his house. Exactly. Yeah. So you know that they don't turn it off. Like when you, I've had the, and I've told this story on the show before, um, at Moon Tower, long story short, I ended up at a table at 24 Diner surrounded by comics. Nice. Like Ari Shafir and Joe DeRosa and W. Kamal Bell and uh, uh, some dude was a writer for SNL. But anyway, and I'm like, you guys just perform like all day long and you still just talking shit and cracking jokes at each other. And and, and I think that <laughs> if you don't have that, yep. it'd be even tougher to turn. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be a comic today. I got to get up there and tell jokes. And then and then on you uh, the next day, like, oh, I'm just going to go and work and take a nap or go back to my Those day job. Those people are still very much passionate about comedy. They're in love with their craft. You will run into the occasional comedian that phones that shit in now like they've been they've been in for 20 30 years and it didn't happen like they thought it might and they just fucking push play when they hit stage uh i've worked with some people that just pride themselves just like this is as much time as i do and i do it and i get off i'm like holy shit (laughs) (laughs) time to hang it up but Yeah. yeah those people like that's the thing anytime i'm around like this is this is not this is more than a podcast. I get to catch up with you. I get to meet you. But we get to fucking talk about my favorite topic of all. The ins, the outs, the the theologies behind it. Like, I like theologies. The theories. <laughs> Who are the gods? Yeah. Of go, well, I could probably list some. Go, no, go ahead. List them. Jim Carrey is my all-time favorite comedian for everything. And nobody would... But I don't think anybody would make an argument that he's of the greats in stand-up. But what I learned from him that I think was a valuable lesson is... No matter how much time you saw him on stage, mm-hmm. he gave you every ounce yes, he did. of his energy. Yeah. Everything. I've never seen him. I've seen a lot of videos, but he's like so animated. The facial expressions. Yeah. He's acting you out t- everything. He prepared it and, it, and it's sharp and it hits. And once again, you can tell he didn't need to go to open mics to know that that stuff was going to be funny. He, The funny faces and the head yeah. movements and stuff. Right, right, like, right. Uh, Favorite favorite stand up of all time. I, I gotta I gotta toss a coin between Pryor and Bill Burr. Uh, Bill Burr is right now alone. I think he's alone at the top. <laughs> I do, man. It, 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 it's there's. I mean, if Jay Z's album is as hot as people are saying, then it would model. It would it would follow the career of Jay Z in that the albums were good, 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 good. Or no, the albums were great, 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 great. great. Yeah. I mean. Every album of his, his latest, his last one, they're an hour each of just fire. Like he, his last one that was in black and white. Yeah, I, I didn't that. want to watch it because it was in black and white. I was like, dude, that's so be good. An hour and fifteen minutes of slaying. Like, and he covers some topics that you're like, eee. during the gun, like during the gun scares and the the racial tension. He just attacks it. He went. He's he like, went <laughs> in. The one that's called um, "Let It Go." Yeah, his joke about. Uh, do you remember? Uh, he goes, yeah. People, people should do drugs. Athletes should do drugs, and uh, when steroids. They do, and steroids, steroids. When it, right, and he, and he follows up with, that's why I love Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. He goes, he goes second, give me some time. Yeah. I'm about to explain. <laughs> and he goes, you know that the the Olympics in '36 when Jesse Owens pretty much dominated everything. 
But you know, like, Hitler was on the way to the stadium, like, we're going to dominate, see? We're going <laughs> to... And how quiet was that ride back with Hitler in the limo? <laughs> like, you're you're sitting there all quiet trying to make small talk with the yeah. angrier than usual Hitler. <laughs> yeah. He's boiling. No, I mean, so... And, and that's, like, I like that... I love that kind of comedy. Yeah. Like, I put... Uh, that whole camp, but Patrice O'Neill to me, yes, is like he's the only comic, believe it or not, and I've seen a lot. He's the only comic where I went to see him uh, at Cap City, and I was in the front row, and I I could not breathe. I was laughing so damn much, and I nothing, could not breathe. You, you want to hear the funniest thing too? You get to see a great deal of live comedy, yeah. and you know the benefits of laughing for ninety minutes a night. You know what I mean? Like just what it does for you, just the recharge period, but. I mean, getting people to come out to live comedy is difficult. People go out to concerts all day. It doesn't matter what the event is. People line up for it. Comedy is something that people just file in the back of their heads. Well, you, yeah. well, like, you I don't, I'm definitely guilty of that. Like, yeah, I appreciate just, it, but it's back I don't. There. Yeah, because if they suck, you're stuck in a room for an hour and a half. Yeah. And if you get up, you get and shit I get on. It. <laughs> I get it. That's I can't that, move. My, it, not like I'm one... I, I, it's, take this advice or leave it but i think a lot of bookers would agree all that matters is booking good shows if every show is good the business will take care of mm -hmm. itself if you book a shitty show that might be the last time you see those audience members and they live in your community and so them circling back they might just at one time decide that's what comedy is yeah and that's never so, go well, back you know yeah. when people make plans to go out like Unless you're one of those people, oh, I just go see a movie, whatever. Yeah. You still get to pick. You have an idea of what's out there. Precisely. Right? But comedy, but comedy is like, yeah, let's go see a comedy show. It's my bachelorette party. Let's go see a comedy it's gotta show. It's got to be someone that gets you out of the chair to go see comedy. Uh, yeah. It's got to be, be a, a big name. Name. Yeah, it really good. does. It's got to be. I mean, when you see Chappelle as like seven shows in a week or Kevin Hart keeps oh. adding shit. Dude, I want those calendars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to be that busy. I really no, do. No, of course. But I mean, I think that. It, it we have some great comedy here in Austin. I mean, Maggie Mae is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Mike McCray is funny as hell. Jr. Brow's amazing. Yep. Uh, Bob Kostravi. Matt, Matt Bearden. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. So I mean, and, but talent. then you you that's like what twelve bucks on a Saturday, but you'll pay you know forty to go catch. We also home. happen to be in Austin. That's true. Which is in as many events as you produce, you know that people have so many free options that getting people to pay five bucks is truly offensive. It is. Like get yeah. ten bucks, you can go fuck yourself. I just did a <laughs> I will, I will I buy a twelve dollar right drink you. before no, I pay ten dollars. <laughs> uh, that's dead serious. Like yeah. you got uh, you're we're in the wrong town and I will say that directly reflects uh on merchandise sales as well. Yeah. There are so many options. Uh, just to get in this free town. shit. Yeah. yeah, get free. Yeah, people hand you swag all the time. Like whatever it is, it's all free for you in this town. And so when there is a paid, I, I just did a paid comedy show at the Gatsby on Sixth yeah, Street. Yeah, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it. I was. I. I have to. I was absolutely surprised by the turnout because it is hit and miss. You know as well when you do those invite pages and like eighty six yeah, yeah, people yeah. say they're going to show up. Whatever. We we had pre sold uh, maybe only sixty tickets for that show. And so I thought that'll be a nice crowd. Most most comedians would agree that's a nice crowd. You right. can have a nice show with 60 people. Great. We're fine. But we had at least 60 or 70 people walk up. And that was I mean and it felt good. Yeah, and, it was. and they were and they were $10 pre-sale, $15 at the door and they were on it, which I know that that is cheap. 
I know <laughs> if you're out there, you're like, holy shit, they're putting on shows for that. Some of you were like, I can't believe they're charging that much. But in Austin, charging any amount is offensive. And so the fan, the fans that I was able to draw that night, that was literally it, it was the a, nicest group of people in the world. Those people really turnout. came out. It was a destination. This wasn't people stumbled in. They came out for good comedy. Yeah. And, it was and, nuts. and people in Austin will pay for a $10 drink before paying five bucks at the door. Right. They'll pay to see Louis C.K., hey, Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Like they, they'll see, they'll go for those gigantic names. Cap City, again, they have such a talented roster. Yeah, always. Um, that, and, I, and I like that they support the city a lot, too. Like, all the hosts and all the features are in-house, like, yeah. uh, right from in, yeah. in the city. And then, uh, or, you know, Texas talent. And then a lot of the headliners in the roster are also from Austin, which is really nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, Paramount, Basketball City Hall, I mean, those are the, yep. the big ones. But, I mean. Ooh, I want to get to Paramount someday. That'd be that'd nice. be the, uh, yeah. Dude, do Moon Tower. Okay. Seriously. I, I, just, I, I literally haven't applied. I, just, I, I just, seriously, you'll, you'll, I can't get you in. I, oh <laughs> I, like, I got no, people. I know, got I know Margie. Margie Coral is the owner of uh, yeah. Capsi. Great, great woman. She's, yes. Uh, I mean, I can't get you. Uh, I'm no, just no, talking no, out of my no. ass here. I'll, I'll apply. I think, I think I do I it think now I, for next year because the lineup is always killer. It's always nuts. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, you get to hang with them. And it's right here. Like it's right in town. It's like a South by Southwest yeah. for comedy. I'm on the road like 40 to 45 weeks out of the year, so I often completely overlook what's right here in my backyard. Mm -hmm. Like I don't do open mics. I'm completely discount. Like you get so isolated doing road, and I'm doing this again for the time, the voice development, mm -hmm. this experience, kind of trying to build the small. Like I, when you when you think about it, you are the small business. Like you're the small yeah. company, and uh, and and just trying to figure out all the moving parts and how there's almost no way that people can give you the right moves to make. It's like, here's what I tried. See what works for you. Cause it is so don't forget your, your, your familiar, man. My what? Don't forget Austin. Oh no, no, I know. I'm not at all at all. I absolutely love this city. I've been here since second grade. That's the truth. I've been here. Not, so I can't say that I lived here from birth. I was up in the panhandle, but I've been here since second grade, which gives me at least some, I'm, I'm, I was here a lot longer than most people. Like you know That's what I mean? Right. People yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Austin. I think like, if you're yeah. over five, you're you're okay. everything. Like my my values were developed after I moved that, here. Basically, that, I was five. That, I didn't understand shit before. I was a dumb shit. <laughs> I was, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna send you on a mission. Uh, to uh, while you're here, go to Slab Barbecue. Get yourself a dunk. A dunk. Okay, yeah. explain the dunk. So the dunk is all the meats they have at Slab Barbecue in one sandwich with all the sauces they have. What type of bread? I don't fucking know. It's, it's fucking it's bread. I just said meat of every kind. Why are you worried about the goddamn bread? No, <laughs> you get focused on focused. the wrong thing. No, it's, it's, it's like a, a corroded it's artery a in one sandwich. It's a one pound of meat. All right. One, one pound of meat sandwich. A slab barbecue. They're sponsoring the show, so I have to give them a shout out. I haven't been constipated in months. Like, Dude, for real. Don't get aside with that shit. I'm telling you. Don't get aside. Clear your schedule. I'm about to go hey, on go a... By, you have a serious case of itis afterwards, oh, so don't drive. Mud butt. <laughs> for real. Who knows, man? Nah, it will, I'm 35 it will do you now. <laughs> so when you go to Slab Barbecue, two locations, one next to Sherlock's, uh, 183 and Burning Road, oh, yeah. and the other one at the Y, Oak Hill. That's, that's not too, too that's far. Not far yeah, yeah. So um, when you get to the checkout, mention the feedback, you get 10% off your meal. So you're on a mission Dang, now. Dang. Grab yourself a yeah. dunk. Now I have to buy a donk. Get, oh, that sounds kind of dirty. No, I know. But <laughs> even when I say donk, I say it so clearly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it, do you know what that is? Like what that? I think it's I think it's the '80s box. Like, 
either General Motors or Ford or the boxy the style four door or two door long like big the, body square body from the eighties. It has to dunks? be from the eighties to be called a dunk. Those ones that are jacked up on those I just gigantic rims. Like dunk, bunk, badunk, dunk. They have a dunk, and I forget. There's another classification. Like if it's in the seventies, it's called something else. Oh, you're looking it up. We got a fact check. Yeah, yeah. That's why Byron's here. If only there was something that could tell us. <laughs> so how, how do you handle like heckling? Do you get so? It, here's, that's that, that, I say that that's the one thing that I think I would I would take personally and badly. Is that some? And I'm I'm if I'm up there on stage and I'm doing my my act. And someone just goes, well, fuck you, niggas, whatever. That would be, he would be lynched out of the showroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But yeah. No, it's not that. It's, it's, it's just a feeling of I'm up here working and you're basically fucking my work up. Yeah. No, not, it, that's legitimately like you're in the middle of a sentence and someone takes your pen away. Like, yeah. no, you can't write that. Uh, it, it's a, so here's something. I do not get heckled much. If you, if you you're know. You're so in party mode. No, no. <laughs> funny, I'm so funny. Folk, joke I'm so yeah. It, it sounds funny, but when you turn on a switch, people can tell when you're in a thought, and they won't interrupt you. If you give them time, like grab your water, kind of slowly work well, back. You still got the, I mean, check those your phone or go look at a list. Like you're giving people windows to jump in, and 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 it's so stupid. Some people think they're doing that to help the show. If you're, you're if you're listening to this, you're never helping the show. You're a fucking asshole. Nobody wants you at their show. Shut up. There's but a professional on stage. Exactly. They got there John. somehow. They paid their dues to get there somehow. If it's an open mic and they're really terrible, ask them politely to get off. <laughs> like, <laughs> Grab a cane. Yeah. Apollo you're invited to go sit down. Out. This is painful for you and us. Let's just get off, sweetheart. I was at a show once in Las Vegas where a woman said there was a girl on stage. She'd been up there for 10 minutes, comedian. And uh, I think she oversold how much she had done, like how up how high up the food chain she was in comedy yeah and so they gave her a 15 minute spot in 15 minutes which she may have run the light she didn't get a laugh at all and there was some there was an audience member at like minute nine that was like it's okay sweetheart wrap it up you could hear that whole sentence and then about three minutes (laughs) later she's like it's okay but you should wrap it up (laughs) like politely like get the fuck out of here that's the nicest oh so funny I got, and there's good heckling. There's good heckling in the well, world. Well, if you ask for yeah. it. No, I mean, when people, I have to say, I was in a, I, this was another Vegas show. I set up uh, I set up one of those little uh, audio recorders in the back of the room. Yeah. It was going to be sold out, standing room only. I knew it was going to be great. And I got the hour. They said, yeah, do an hour. So I'm about to have a good time. I kill that night. I get a half standing ovation. Uh, What's a half standing ovation? Uh, half the room. Pull, oh, half the, yeah. Like, get up Basically, <laughs> Basically, the Absolutely. middle, yeah, like it wasn't I a thought full. Crouch and just go like this. Saying a full standing ovation, like just saying, like when a whole room gets up, okay, it's okay, nuts. Gotcha. But 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 when anybody stands up, that's like awesome. I, it, it just it doesn't matter when people stand up real quick and not to leave. That shit feels good. Uh, <laughs> like I'm done. Uh, but I recorded just. I mean, I felt good about it. Mm-hmm. I released like three jokes that I'd never said before, and I'm like, this is gonna be the shit. I'm gonna release some audio clips. And then I went back and listened to it, and I had set the recorder right behind a black family. And the black family were the most supportive fucking hecklers I ever heard in my life. I got one hour and 11 minutes of a a black father of this group for an hour and 11 minutes going, (laughs) man, he's stupid. (laughs) That boy's stupid. Oh, 
<laughs> oh, he's stupid. Like for an hour and eleven minutes, and I fucking loved it. Like, dude, I, it, cut that shit up, make it. Yeah, a right. Make yeah. it a song. A, that boy's stupid yeah. mix. Like, yeah. it's so goddamn good. Like. Everything was so supportive. Like sometimes you can motivate something. Like people will stand up and be like, "I know, I exactly." And I'm like, "Fuck yeah, you're feeling me, yeah." But I don't get heckled much, and I'm lucky. When they do, uh, normally it's real quick to point out that it's not the time or place. You know, politely or don't embarrass the people you came with. Like real simple, put it on them. Like, oh, that's get, a good one. Yeah, take care of him. I don't think he knows that this is wrong. Like. And then if they want it, it's so fun. Like if if they come at you with any disrespect, same as you, you would take it personally. Yeah, we do and we don't. You gotta have a thick skin. I don't. I know my act is working, so it's not ever a question of like, am I, have I lost the crowd and this dude's being a dick? So if he's just being a dick, I love shutting it down. Love, love. Get love giving them the floor for just like 30 of seconds. Of course, that's what they wanted. Point out, hey, you notice nobody fucking laughed your whole 30 seconds? Why don't you shut the fuck up? Like, I'm up here doing great. Enjoy yourself. Like, I don't go to work and knock the dicks out of your mouth. <laughs> exactly. That's a classic, yes. classic rebuttal. Exactly. No, but I got to tell you, I have, I have a curse from the audience perspective. Okay. Where I'm always near someone who's just has either the worst laugh ever or just laughs. <laughs> At, at Moon Tower, I was two rows um, in front of this lady that laughed at every single line. Not joke. Oh, she line. was just on. No, line. Wow. Like, from a performer standpoint, you want that person no, in the no, audience. That's just annoying as fuck. It was, it was to you, but those people can set a fire. Like it, it, People no, know it's okay to in, laugh. No, but I, it, If they're laughing through the whole story, line, yes. I got you. I got you. That's like, irritating. She was probably lit. Like, like she, was, set up, yeah, she was She was, she was more advanced setup, than was, her patrons. And she would, she would just like lose it at the punchline and drown everybody else laughing in it, like around her. And I always get... And yeah, it's hard. Sh- to, it's hard to shush someone having yes. the time of their life yeah. too. You don't want to turn back and be like, "Hey, can I pour uh, some water you, on your blanket?" You <laughs> that much? Yeah. I'm like, do Have you hear yourself fun, laugh? Can you just shut up? Yeah. So can you hear the punchline? I've slowed down a set before because I could tell someone was literally just gasping and crying and hitting the table, and I'm like, <laughs> for health reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down. Seriously, no, we've had. Uh, Myself and other comedians included, we've made people piss their pants, and you see them fucking book it to the bathroom, and that's really? like that's a drop the mic moment. That's hilarious. Oh, you just leave after that. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Like I'll be all week, boom. Yeah, 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 yeah. When they have to, but when when you can see tears strolling down their face, they can't catch their breath. They're they're clutching the chair or the table or whatever. Sometimes you'll stop and be like, okay, we'll wait. Yeah. <laughs> like, when you wind down, when the other people can hear over your gasping, hell yeah. We'll- let me let me ask you this. How do you feel about, yeah, now that we have social media, we have YouTube, we have all that yeah. stuff, that anybody can produce content. Right. And anybody can think that they're funny on and off, right? Right. And when you see people on on Twitter, you see comments on Facebook, comments on, on YouTube, which are the most vicious ever, where everybody just wants to be funny. It doesn't matter what the cost is. It's a fu- it, it, but... The, is that annoying to you? I okay. I appreciate humor in any format. Uh, so whether it's burning somebody, I mean, it, some of it's going to be inappropriate. He makes rape Again, jokes. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're you good. still make rape <laughs> funny. It's funny. Like, no, you can't make that shit funny. I'm like, funny. yeah, you can. <laughs> if you pay it, like all, they're all anti. They all have a, they all have a way of pointing out like 
stop being a douchebag with the whole topic sort of. I don't know. Yeah. You'd have to come see my set to to see that. that sure. When it comes out like that, it just sounds worse. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, what was the question? Well, I'm totally no, sidetracked. Uh, people trying to be funny online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, did you see that article where I was called a racist? No. Did, oh yeah. So someone took one snippet of one joke. Took that, made a meme with those words on it, and said, and and I mean, like, threw three white racial slurs in my direction, and it was just funny. I was being called a racist in the most racist way ever, and it was being publicized on someone's blog, and I, like, I was the first to like it, and I'm like, I agree. Get that guy off the stage. <laughs> and then I, I shared it on my page, and it got, like, 450 likes. It was the most activity the shitty news source had ever gotten. And uh, and just people lit his shit up. And then whenever they couldn't keep up with the amount of shit being talked, he just disabled comments and only allowed ones through that he agreed with. Wow. So it was real weak shit. But I was like, oh, I fucking made it. Like, I fucking made <laughs> I it. I went viral. Yeah, man. But <laughs> I, I, I think this is the funniest the world has ever been. And it's going to continue. To, I mean, the content constantly flowing out. Everybody can attempt to do their thing. If it's funny, it's funny, and the public will know, and they will speak on it. Like I, I agree with that. Premise. Yeah, it, how, shit, how, yeah. However. The world has a way of filtering shit out. I mean, you'll find like that catch me outside girl, that catch me outside. How yeah, about yeah. that? Fuck that girl. But she's killing the game right now, just because there are some empty-headed people that really like that type of entertainment. But the world sorts that shit out. I doubt she's going to capitalize on whatever this opportunity is, and she's not going to continue to be. A star because I don't think she has any. Well, she might have natural talents. I'm being harsh right no, now. No, she does. She had one catchphrase on the talk show. That's what I'm a, saying. Yeah. On a so there are talk people the- who are who are coasting on some fame, be it uh, you know Facebook fame or or Mari fame or whatever, and they just they they'll fizzle out. That's they'll I, I, the world I, will fix it. As far as building a career out of it, I totally agree. But I'm talking about people. Are you talking about just people that comment? And people, just, yeah, people that comment and they're trying to be funny. And a lot of comedians actually complain about that all the time where they'll make, let's say they have a podcast and they talk about something mm-hmm. and then or there's a chat going on during the show and people just just try to crack jokes. Doesn't matter what the, whatever they're talking about on the show, whatever the, the topic was, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they're trying to be as funny as, as possible. And I'm like, it's it, it doesn't feel natural because you're trying you're behind the keyboard right you can do you can look up real quick google so if someone says something similar and just copy and paste yeah everything's shit. perfect in right text so, format. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so it, it, sure. in that sense you know they, they talk a lot of shit online yeah. and then they meet the comics start talking back to them going dude what the fuck and you got like, oh, I was just joking, man. Yeah, I was yeah, just yeah, joking. Yeah. Oh, You're talking purpose. shit to someone who does this for a exactly. living. Exactly. Which I say that on stage, I am I have amplified sound in my microphone. I've got lights <laughs> on me. Don't talk shit to me. It is the psych the psychology of what it's like to be an audience participant and, and someone who is performing. It's very vulnerable for you right now. Like it I, is. I, I'm about to bury you, goddammit. And so if it if I'm given that same time behind a keyboard. Not only that, but I've got the fucking greatest fans in the world. So if anybody, I, every, occasionally someone will say something shitty in a in a thread, and then they just get buried. They yeah. just get buried. <laughs> That's a good they, to have. People, you go, have your army. I'm telling yeah. you, people go through that person's Facebook. They go through all their pictures. They're like, oh, look, he works at Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> look at like they're fucking mean. You have yeah, a stringer so, army out I'm there. I'm telling you, I, I try. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't start, you should just give it a name. Shit. What's that? Yeah, just give it a name. Get Armada, yeah. <laughs> some shit like a militia, whatever you want it's to like name. The beehive, we'll, but we'll come up with something. <laughs> <but> <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, it's uh, um, 
Ah, fuck. I had, a, I had another question I wanted to ask you. Feel free, man. Yeah, I just lost it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be free on my own. Byron's show. being awfully talkative over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just letting the conversation Is flow. that Pornhub? Oh. Hey, man. <laughs> so I learned a word Glad yesterday. I w- learned a word yesterday. Uh, SME. Uh, subject matter ex- expert. Okay. And I really believe in SME. I didn't know what SME were until yesterday. Okay. I, learned, I learned English every uh Every day I can. It's always something new. It's always something new. So it doesn't matter what you do. If you're if you're this me at it, you're the you're a journalist. You're a comic. Don't people who just trying should just shut the fuck up. If you're just a blogger and you you rant about something, oh, you shouldn't yeah. become a news source. It's easier to tear down than build. Right. People's whole careers get... There's an outrage every day. Yeah, they establish it on this island of, I can't be touched in real life. I'm hiding behind this keyboard. That's what I'm saying. And let this yeah, me yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. Let, let well, the that guy news, on that stage... that news source, they're struggling for material... For them to even fucking identify me and then to go out of their way to make artwork for me. I thought it was the best publicist I ever could have fucking got. Like, <laughs> did, you, did you make the local newspaper or something? Oh, no, no, no. Is Again, it, they probably only had... 250 likes on their stupid news source thing but i'm dead serious this was the most active post they ever had like i made him popular like he wasn't known until that maybe that was his point but but i mean i i won't i won't continue to feed into things like that i just thought that that was too funny and it's the first time because you only have to know me for a moment just to know that i'm comfortable enough to talk shit about everybody equally. The man has a photo shoot in the tutu. You, you think you can really hurt him? Yeah. You think you can hurt him? I had dangerous <laughs> amounts of confidence at a super <laughs> early age. You know what I mean? Just thought I knew shit. Thought I was about it. So, but 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 truly, get like, it, it's going to happen more and more. People will get to dissect what they want. Take a single line. Put of it course, it's the world we live in. I need to get past the reaction. Like I, I did that once because I found it funny, but. Just turning it off and ignoring people, I'm pretty good at that. Like, just you keep my head down, you. keep working. It, my schedule stays full and they stay put. I'm not worried. That's what matters. Yeah. yeah. You get hit yeah. up on, like, Twitter or any other forms of social media. People yeah, yeah. reaching out. And, oh, man. And so, um, with, so uh, quick back, quick back story. I, uh-huh. th- there was a recent, I brought up Chingo Bling earlier. He had an album. I don't know if you saw that, the They Can't Deport Us All on Netflix. Yeah, I saw it. So it, I love it. I love the way the production came out. So if you're if you're hearing this now, Chingo Bling, they can't deport us all. It's on Netflix right now, and it's it's definitely for that like Rasa. It's for anybody, but like that Rasa community, like mm-hmm. South Texas, but really anywhere, anywhere that speaks Spanglish. Like, and I know that shit goes all the way up to Colorado and further. People, re- I'm the <laughs> the 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 influence is massive. So uh, it was. Uh, what was the first? What was your question? I'm so sorry. I'm getting so sidetracked. Um, I'm a Social media people reaching out via social media. Oh yeah. So since <laughs> no, no, genuinely, <laughs> there was so much explaining to do before I got into this. But since the release of They Can't Deport Us All, I've probably over my media's I've added like 3,500 to 4,000 new followers. Nice. Yeah, and you know how hard it is to get people to like your fan page. Yeah. Like I was stuck in. 4,800 range and like a thousand people showed up out of nowhere on that Instagram went up about a thousand Twitter so on and so forth so uh, enthusiastic it nothing is more impressive like you might have someone listen to, to this podcast and just thinking that they might go and review it and then they might go and like and follow your shit it is so hard to get someone to the do keyword that even though yeah, <laughs> it's all right here you have to move your thumb a few times and it's done but when people do it it's really impressive and I, and and so that since that since the they can't support us all I've been steadily growing but 
my fan base went from probably 21,000. Now it's up above 25,000 if I put all Do you the, talk to them? Oh, yeah. I mean, I respond to every comment. People people are really surprised when I respond to messages and respond to comments. Like someone was just like, he liked my comment. And I'm like... Wait until he hires an assistant. I'm laughing because, haha, I don't even know who the fuck I am. Like, I'm not anybody that that should be a big deal. People are like, I can't believe you responded to my message. I'm like, I can't believe you found me and sent me a goddamn message. I am... Right. I am I'm wearing dirty jeans. Like, I'm this dude. I'm I mean, that's what, twi- that's what Twitter does. It gives yeah. everybody a voice. Sometimes bad. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's fucking vicious. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes no, it's, it's been, intense. It's been overwhelm- overwhelmingly supportive. You've I've been not very lucky. Any- yeah. No, I... Seriously. Yeah. I, when you are your man, own I should have kept going. No, man. <laughs> it's careful moves. I, 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 They haven't all been good moves, but, you know, to this point, I know to... If I'm a business, I'm going to treat it like so. And, and so I treat everybody with respect. Don't burn any bridges. Hustle. Do you go to, do you uh, perform in New York? Have you? I did uh, at Cave in the Creek. Uh, Kick, uh, creek in a Crave. Creek, creek in a Cave. In a Cave. Creek yeah, in yeah. A cave, I yeah. Perform, so I haven't performed at any clubs out there except for that one. And I got to perform with four of my buddies. It was way early. We had, I had only been in about a year and a half. And we went to the northeast corner. We did like Pittsburgh and a few places in Connecticut. Uh-huh. Uh baller really good time but we we ended up spending about three weeks up in that area just doing spots it was profitable which is crazy to say but we called that tour the uh, east infection tour (laughs) pretty gross but awesome but that was a good experience getting out of the road really got i caught the bug it wasn't long after that i I mean that was part of going full-time but i I went full-time about a year in Holy just shit. just made the leap and then struggled and struggled more and got struggled to a point where it was goddamn scary and I mean you, you, and then you see slowly these, uh, started getting some daylight. You see these? Uh, there's a show on Showtime now called "I'm Dying Up There." I'm, oh, I'm, I'm dying, dying up, up here. here. I'm dying up here. I haven't seen any yet. It's really good. Good. I, I will uh, produced by Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey. Yeah, the man himself. Yep. Nice. And it basically tells a story of uh, comedy in the '70s. Yeah. And it, I mean, I. I'm a, I've been following a lot of this stuff, but a lot of the stories that I hear, he basically like put him in a show. Like you just moving from one city to another, you just stand in someone's closets and you pick up a, a day shift at the diner Sleep down the street. Car. Yep. And then you come and you, and you hope that you get a spot. But when you're, when it's your turn, like, all of a sudden, like someone just bumps you. Oh, I mean, wow. everything, and, and you being, don't get paid because the club maybe can take you to Carson. I mean, that's, Pretty much what it lived. I want to believe that I have a strong work ethic, but I know I know myself and eighty percent of the comics working today wouldn't have made it in the seventies and eighties, for the sheer fact that all of it all of it was you doing the fucking work. Go make a tape and send the tape in. Yeah, and have a headshot and your resume. Sending all that, getting getting other people to mail letters in on your behalf to come to that club. The fact that I can send it from my cell phone and be effective and beautiful and instant. Everything mm-hmm. you need to know in one email about me and my performance. I don't I genuinely don't know if I could have the same success back then. So hats off to anybody who laid Seriously. laid the groundwork, but it's still difficult today. Like I like we were talking before, I can't wait to not look at my phone. Like anytime I'm not in service, best times of my life. Just a We talked about that off the show. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Maybe it's because that um I don't know, I need to be I need to be around people. I feel like uh just looking at the walls, looking at a screen is just I've pathetic. never I've never been bored before, if that makes no, sense. No, By well, myself that's when I can get the really good thinking. 
done. Yeah. And and so by myself is it's a good state. Don't get me wrong. I'm anxious to to be around people. I I do have a an uh, just a inherent need to please people to go out and entertain. I, that's always been a part of it. So, but it seems like now that it is a profession, I cannot wait to get the fuck out of there. Like to, well, yeah, as exactly. soon as the show's over, I'm a hermit. I go back to my hotel what room, I'm saying is, have that microwave dinner, watch terrible movies. I have a terrible case of FOMO right now because we started almost around the same time. Same time, yeah. And we lived opposite lives pretty much because uh-huh. I'm in, I'm at work all day in front it, of a computer by myself and then... Let's, at, let's and talk out, about out, this. Out, out you know where your paycheck's coming from. That's, I do. That and that's why I haven't made the leap. I know. Every every week or two weeks. I mean, if you're, it sounds funny, but if you're doing it right, if you're passionate about this, you fight with that thought. Is comedy right for me? You know, it's an internal struggle, like it's an emotional struggle, but also every every week to two weeks, you're like, fuck this, I'm never gonna do this again, just because it is frightening. Like that, you might have nothing the next three weeks, and you're like, okay, looking at my budget, it's hard to set a budget when some of that's gas, some of that's merch, some of that's food. You know. So it is it is completely unknown. When I think about numbers and finances, that shit gets real scary. Mm-hmm. And so you have peace of mind. That, On the other hand, I am getting paid not to grow up, which is fantastic. That's what I'm saying. I have a terrible <laughs> case of FOMO right now Dude, because I would have I should have done There that. is that, but I respond well to structure. I sound like military. <laughs> <laughs> I did great in school. Like my grades were great. I, I I was in extracurricular. I did sporting. Like I did all every sport that there was and 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 I was good at that because someone else was there to kind of guideline that shit. When you have no guidelines, when people don't care when you wake up or go to sleep, it gets weird. It gets real weird. <laughs> what do you do for a living? You, I'm I've, a comic. I've slept I mean, what do you do 5 for a p.m. That's, wow. that's too long. Your body hurts when it stays yeah. in bed that long. <laughs> like your skeleton is just like, you got to move or we're freezing. It's getting, getting rigor mortis. With the Trump going on. Trump going on with President like <laughs> Trump go, going. It's, it is it's going happening on. more. Yeah. It is going on yeah. with Trump going on. That, that, could, that could be an expression. Sport. Like you don't incorporate that in your set, do you? I I, I steer clear of politics. Yeah, completely. I even performed while the election was going on. It was on a TV behind me. In a oh, bar. were you commenting? We're giving the results. Oh live? yeah, I was giving like yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Just commentary. And the battle goes. I tell a joke and I check in. And I'm like, all right, shitbag, still winning. <laughs> and I go to another <laughs> joke and I'm like, oh, it looks like it's gonna fucking happen but it seems like, to be a go-to now with a lot of young comics yeah like, uh, i just won't approach it like i i just I, I have too much i have too much to say to get into something that everyone's discussing from every angle and it's under exactly. a microscope right now so i guess i want to give people if anything it's funny a, on its own a too. departure <laughs> from that yeah yeah the best compliment in comedy ever hell the best compliment ever is when someone comes up to you and says i needed that had a really rough day a really rough week i needed that and if it doesn't involve things that would upset people fucking win yeah you want your audience to be like oh this was great so i don't i don't deal with it i think it might it's it's just an easy cop my wife keeps calling it a dumpster fire so that (laughs) is just what this is people want that escape when they go see a show yeah escape you know real world issues so if you hear about those same issues in the set Yep. You know, yeah. another thing I notice is that it's it's different if you're you're watching a special on TV, and if actually, of course, if you go to see it live, because it's it's almost like as soon as you walk in the comedy club or wherever the the show's go is happening, 
like you're like okay i'm i'm supposed to be here to laugh no like right? th- that's the only function of this po- well besides drinking yeah or eating <laughs> Th- those are the only $10 three beers. It's yeah. the best place for ten dollar beers and uh, two items minimum. Yeah, uh, but that is the main function of this place. Like I could still have, you know, the beer and, and, and the food somewhere else. But this, the thing I said, it's this purpose place, built. Uh, yeah. yeah, the lighting, actually the purpose up, of so, it. Yeah. So you're already like, I'm gonna maybe, you know, give a little effort and smile a little more. That is, that is most people's mentality. Steve Martin said the audience gets the show they deserve. There are some audiences that you're convinced they met up before the show and they're like, hey, let's just all be fucking douchebags. Right? <laughs> you, we agreed. We're not going to laugh at anything. Awesome. Uh, and, and and in that statement, yeah, the show, I mean, the audience gets the show they deserve. But but it does. Like when I go to, when I go to a comedy show, you walk into a dark room, the mood is set. I've already, I've already changed my mentality. I know the etiquette. Right. And I'm ready for a fucking performance. That's what I came for. Uh, but, but it should be the it should be the same on our end. Precisely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I want I don't want to dwell too much on hecklers, but I, I hear so many. And it fucking pisses me off. <laughs> I hate, that's the worst. I ju- I'm lucky, and I'm glad I don't. And I, I think a lot of times you can that person who who aims to distract. Uh, you can make them bring them into the joke just for oh, a yeah, second. Come this on guy stage. gets it. No, don't. No, not come up on. You'll lose. <laughs> the, don't give them any fucking fireworks. Just agree I've with them. I've seen that though. And I've then seen that. Fucking seal them under cement. Just like, oh yeah, this guy gets it. Shut the fuck up. Like, get that. Get the crowd to hate him once. Laugh at him one time. He'll feel that shame and shut the fuck up. Usually. You made the finals at the funniest person in Austin. Yeah. Uh, was it 2012? It was my yeah, my first year. I think I was like six or seven months in when I did really that. yeah. That you had confidence. Just all, that, is, <laughs> that is literally all I, I am I funny, <laughs> motherfuckers. It's been seven months I've been doing this. They, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who won that year? Do you remember? Uh, Ramin yet. Ramin Nazar, I think, won the next year. That might have been was it 20, 2012. Oh, Ramin. Yeah, Ramin. Yeah, well deserved too. He he fucking smashed twelve. So I got to to be the judge this year, twice, and you could tell the ones that are like, "Look, I'm Polished. taking this shit seriously." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the ones is like, "Yeah, there was a competition. I just got out of There's jail. I was going to get on stage." And one one of the dudes, and I'll never, I never forget him. I forgot his name, but the, the he just went on stage and started talking about. Uh, fucking a girl in the back of a car for four minutes with no joke. It was just talking about that. And he just kept pacing back and forth. That's the thing about his pants was like funniest person in Austin. You, you can apply it and you can, anybody can go. Yeah. 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 I mean, they had a hundred something. Some people it's their very first time ever going up. Oh yeah. And they bring all their family and friends out. So like some people will kill the audience, but do just a terrible job on stage. And then just, I mean, there's so much talent in the city that they normally and have there is. three or four people who stomp their performances. Like you can tell, people really came to compete that time of year. This the city looks forward to that that competition every year. But it, it's it's one thing when your friends and family tell you you're funny. That's different from hey, dude. You actually have to get up in front of strangers and make them laugh. Totally, and yeah. That's that's, that's, a, that's a decision you make internally. Like, Ugh. am I actually funny? Because I the what like. The one thing I can do for sure is identify what isn't funny. I think I have a good filter. I know what I laugh at is real funny shit. Dick jokes, always funny. Fart jokes, <laughs> always funny. <laughs> to an extent, for sure. Race jokes, always funny. Always. Uh, <laughs> the, but but and, and you can tell when people are funny. That's just one filter you gain. So 
I know I I know what not to do, which I think is maybe more important. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you've been very lucky and 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 uh Lucky is a huge part of it too, man. It it's is. A, it's the weirdest industry. Uh, People walk in a room, make me laugh, bitch. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's your job. I came in to You're laugh. A comic, I had a, I had a, a tough day. You can use this in your skit. Listen to this. Do you show. get this shit after the show? Every show. Ugh. Every show. Someone that has annoying? a suggestion. Here, you can add this. I don't care. You can use it in your skit. Fuck you. <laughs> and it's usually just like See, a, because they a think they're joke. funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody I told I them. I, 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 so if I think it's funny, I'll say that's funny. And if it's really funny and it catches me off guard, I'll laugh. That's kind of the scale. They're not going to take his joke. I hate to be that guy that says, oh, that's funny. But if it's funny, I'm, I'm like really thinking about it, like, fuck, that's funny. Uh, but I'm real honest when it isn't funny, and I'll just be like, I don't get the joke. Like, do that thing that <laughs> yeah, makes people feel bad. But, but, yeah, but, but I'm a big fan. I, I guess I, I guess I'm not getting it. Maybe I'm just I maybe I missed something. Yeah, just talk them down. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. Precisely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's got to be fucking annoying. Yeah, uh, I would laugh. I won't even say that's funny. I'll just laugh. But from I've never heard a comic go, oh, that's that, that's pretty good. I'm gonna take that in and. Uh, what's your name again? Yeah, I can. Really I will credit use you. That. Yeah, yeah, I will credit you. I've used things that they have said accidentally that were funny on stage. You know what I mean? Like, like a heckle, or I had a dude like insist on a handshake because we met at the stand-up stalls and we're both taking a piss, and he's like, "Hey, I saw you here last time you were here, man. What's up?" And I was like, "What's up, man? We're in fucking midstream, and it doesn't it's have protocol. a separation. Yeah, uh, so you're trying to keep your eyes up and away." And we're fucking shaking hands and talking like it's old times. And I'm like, God, this is the etiquette Dude, here. So that's the first thing I said when I went on stage. Let me, let me find that motherfucker. When did, would you ever think that that would be okay? Like, I'm holding <laughs> my dick. <laughs> and you're touching my hand? What was happening there? That's too comfortable. Comedy bonds. Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of dude that'll invite you into the bathroom while he's shitting. Just like, sit down. I got to talk to you about something. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's already a dad. All right, we're going to wrap things up, man. Uh, where, can, where can people catch you online? Uh, if you're on Instagram, I'm at, at John J. Stringer. That's J-O-N-J-S-T-R-I-N-G-E-R. And it's the same on Twitter, at John J. Stringer. My website, my wife built recently and quickly, so Squarespace. don't expect much. <laughs> Squarespace, if you if you listen uh, to this, we need sponsors. Oh man, it, it, it's good. She she put it up quick and it's solid. Like it again, it's my it's my my EPK, my electronic press kit. When a when a booker goes to it, that's what they need either. to know. EPK, uh, just you knew EPK. It's got some good not, pictures, some know. good video links, and and how to contact me if you want me to perform for you. And believe me, I want to perform for you. Uh, and, uh, then on Facebook, uh, John Stringer comedy and whoosh, John Stringer.com for all your dates. Yeah. John Stringer.com for all my dates. Oh, and, and so my wife and I are moving. I got married in November. My wife and I bought a motor home in 198. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we bought a motor home and we're renovating it right now. So soon, whenever we finish it, we're going to be moving into it full time. And we blog all that shit on Instagram at, at stringers in root. That's S-T-R-I-N-G-E-R-S-E-N-R-O-U-T-E, Stringers and Root. Uh, and my wife runs that, and she's just crazy about this project, and she's cute awesome. as can be. Nice. Yeah, I married a good one, dude. <laughs> yeah, you did. Don't tell her. Don't tell her. Don't well, she'll, she'll treat her this. like dirt. That's, she'll, what, she'll that's the only way this. to keep her. <laughs> like, I want to be nice Kids, to maybe, you know? Yeah. Uh, no. Well, so. If that's in a. No, it's a hard no. And I, mean, not, I just opened a can of worms. No, no, not at all. Go no, it's, it's a hard no on both our ends. That was also. Oh, really? Yeah, that was part of the qualification for both of us. Like, 
my big thing was you I didn't want to pass on your funny. What's that? You want to pass your funny? Oh, I don't know if that's genetic. Like, are you your parents are not funny? I just don't. You 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 pass on your genetics when you're like six ten and a fucking stallion. <laughs> like, I'm five eleven. I'm bow legged, flat footed. I'm not. There, there's nothing in my legacy that I'm like. I gotta put this in a woman's body. Uh, so I just I'm I'm I I am too selfish to be selfless. I know I I can't even comprehend what it takes to raise a child, but I know that my career I love it too much. I love my life too much to make any sacrifices. That would be required if I had a child. And my wife is 100% on that shit. We're not interested. Uh, we, we travel. Again, we, we live a life that we don't need a vacation from. That's very cliche. Right. But we've set that shit up, and it's like, I, I can't describe it. When you go somewhere where people came to see you, it's the most flattering thing in the world. Practice safe sex. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, or, I'm infertile. Or, Thanks or for bringing anal, it up. Or anal sex, either way. Mm-hmm. Options. <laughs> it's true. All right, johnstringer.com for all the dates. John, thank oh, you so much. Oh, and find me on Netflix. It's still there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they Chingo can't Bling. deport us all. Chingo Bling. It's a great special. I do some stand-up, and I'm in some skits on that. But it, truly, again, it's just you're looking at talent coming out of Texas. Chingo's doing his thing, and I was happy to be a part of it. Quickly, uh, what's the, the comedy club you dream to perform in? Ooh, I mean, every I mean, go the Ice House. The Cellar. Yeah, Comedy Cellar. Shit. But the... The store? Yeah, com- yeah, the comedy store and the Laugh Factory in LA. Those are those are just two meccas. That's where like you would be on with that beautiful stool at the Laugh Factory that you see everybody. I, I went to one in Chicago Dane and Cook I went to the cellar. Up, yeah. The yeah. cellar was impressive, man. That, that's what I'm you you'll just see a lineup of legends every single night. And like people that are really established in the game are totally okay with getting bumped by Dom Herrera and you name it. Just names will pop in. Absolute legends in the game and they'll just pop in on any given night hey mind if i get some time fuck so Take i want it. yeah yeah yeah. i want to be on a show with some real heavy hitters and and just be the fanboy in the group like, <laughs> hey, i love you all right jim carrey if you listen to yeah, this. yeah 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 gosh if he did st- if he did a stand-up special holy fuck that'd be i mean who wouldn't watch it I, he's I'd, the I'd, most I would, I would watch he's it. the most universally intriguing comedian face like if he put his name on a netflix hour holy shit i would just you I know think what he, i mean i think yeah. he'd do better than eddie murphy if eddie murphy came back eddie murphy's a beast man. he is he's an absolute he, uh, he was he was the he was the ah, superstar of course he was yeah, but yeah. i'm saying after he's talking so about long, pluto nash eddie murphy yeah i'm talking norbit <laughs> yeah, that, that levels. Yeah, I'm talking. Uh, I'd love to see him come out and do an album, regardless, because he's. I think he's the first person that comics saw that you could be a cool person and still kill it, like and, and rock be that red jumpsuit, handsome, be confident. Because you'll yeah. see a lot of people play that passive, in, you know, introvert role from the stand-up comedians. Yeah, like, yeah. Ah, I don't want to be near you, people. That sort of thing. But he's very much like I get a lot of pussy. I'm very fucking popular. Like he he just talks about it, and it's still funny. He was one of the first comedians I ever saw do that. That's a terrible summation of his work. But when you think about the Robin Williams, uh, George Carlin, uh, uh, man, where am I blanking right now? Pryor, fucking Red Fox, Bill uh, Hicks, Bill Hicks, Kennison. Uh, yeah. Mish Hedberg. That's what I was looking Hedberg. for. Mish Hedberg. Yeah. And I always believed the reason why I, I love comedy so much was because 
it helped wanting to help me with my English, put things in context. Um, but also, I always thought a comedian spoke the truth because they, it's even better than a journalist to me because they give you a slant and a perspective on life, philosophy that you don't think about. We're we're disguised as jesters, but we're some of the last real philosophers. We yes. tackle some topics. I mean, when you hear Colin break down death. Yeah, <laughs> or break down God, or break down. He's an absolute philosopher. And, and, and he just like, had to disguise it. This was his tool. This is how he could deliver it. Yeah, and he had an absolute instinct for it. He really I mean. did. Like when you take you take a a topic, and you break it down to its core. You you Tarantino it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I give so much ex- detail. I, I give an example. Uh, Louis C.K. special, hilarious. Yeah. Starts off. He walks on stage and he goes, "Good evening, everybody." By everybody, um, I mean you guys. And by actually everybody, most everybody's not here. Actually, most people are not here. Most people are in China. Yeah. And he goes, actually, <laughs> most people are dead. <laughs> Hitler, the only, the, only, the only thing that <laughs> Hitler... The second comic that yeah, brought Hitler in goes, out of nowhere. Uh, the only thing that Hitler and Miles Davis have in common is that they're dead. And he goes on like that. He stretches that shit for 10 minutes. And he goes, I don't know how to start a show. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I'm socially awkward. (laughs) Seriously. You know, George Cullen walks out and his first joke is, you know what's something that people don't talk about enough? Pussy farts. (laughs) (laughs) Killing it. That's what I'm saying. It sets a tone, man. It it really does. And and it gives you a perspective on things. Like when when I walk out of a comedy show, I want to learn something. I, I don't just go to laugh. Maybe that's just me. But I want, I want to learn something. I want to learn about, well, the comic's life. I want yeah. to learn about the things that he thinks about. I want to You're learn getting about, self-report exactly, from, a, from pretty, a, a creative person. Yeah. And who are the most successful people out there besides athletes? Comedians. What do you mean successful? Cause successful, like, like I'm talking about the, in the entertainment business. Yeah. You think about the uh, the Jerry Seinfelds. You think oh, about... Oh, for sure, like, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. And regardless of that, I'm just saying that the, the the idea that you you can uh, educate people mm-hmm. by, while making them laugh, I think, is deep. Yeah, I want nothing I just to, to do with that. Like, I, don't. I don't want any of my comedy to ever impact anybody. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, don't. You won't learn anything from my act. That I can guarantee. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, you will. Your no, life. no, 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 no. Your yeah, stories. Yeah. No, everybody I, has a story to tell. Absolutely. That's what I believe in. No, I for sure. That that I think that's again. We are we are philosophers. Uh, I. I I'm not saying myself so much. I just talk, I talk about my truth, you know, and in all these stories, there are exaggerations and flat out lies, but at the core of it, there's a whole lot of truth. Like it comes from somewhere you've experienced it, seen it. Yeah. Spent a lot of time with the topic. Uh, uh, Speaking of dissecting it down to the nuts and bolts, uh, Jeff Gaffigan, Jim Jim Gaffigan. 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 Yeah. I mean, a master at that exact topic. Yeah. You can discuss a French fry. For 15 minutes. (laughs) And you were going to laugh every 10 seconds for 15 minutes just because he's like, it's a potato. You're going to cut that potato up. What that potato ever do to you? And he just, (laughs) it's not what he says, it's how he says it. But he sat with that topic for what feels like a year and just thought about potatoes. You see, I I, I like that over the, the, the comedy that I call preachy. Mm-hmm. That's when it gets annoying, and a lot of black comedies like that, and that's fucking annoying to me. The, the person, yeah. the person who can get away with it in my eyes, and who I've loved all of his comedy specials, is Cat Williams, and I don't care 
right or I wrong, can't. up or down. Some people say that they can't. <laughs> Too much. But but I am more. I'm just. I'm amazed by that man's control of a room. He demands attention. You can hear a pin drop. He's sweating. Yeah, I mean, the changing dude clothes. Works. The perm's yeah. all he fucked up. Work. No, man, that is a no. fucking legend. And just if you could ever be in control of a room like that, I bet you would. I bet you would feel like preaching just a little bit because <laughs> he, he is seriously strong up there. He's strong on stage. I, I don't know. Like when I see a black comic, I want to see something different. That's why. I mean, even um, uh, Kevin Hart and. I love them since uh, Little Man. Was it the his special? Tall Man, Little oh. Jokes, somebody. Uh, no, I'm a big yeah. Little Man. I'm a big, big Little Man. man. Yeah, 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 Big Little Man. Like that one. That one was hilarious because it was like you could tell that he he really like set up the joke. Was and that his earliest? The Gumagama Gumagama Juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That but one? you're talking about his first album. Yes. So, well, probably so, not his first first, but that's yeah, like yeah. his first breakout album, and. Think about it this way: He got to sit with those jokes for probably longer than any of his oh, yeah. other albums. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I don't yeah. doubt it. I don't so doubt you, it. So you you do you do struggle to keep up with that releasing an album once a year pace and it being that but that's not even sharp. A, that, yeah. that that shouldn't even be a, a standard. Uh, like every uh, every year nah, when when the mood strikes, like it does. I mean, when it you're that years prolific, to write something. yeah. These people now, when they put a pen to paper, it's funny. Well, like right. I said, like Chris D'Elia. It, from his last album to this album, you see just leaps and bounds. Oh, this one's his bad. last album this was one's funny. Good. This one's really good. But that only comes with time. Time spent on stage, time spent in your own head. And so he is the best example of confidence. Like, he believes everything that he says is hysterical, and he even loses it to some of the shit that he says, and it brings you into that moment. So, again, it's... What he's saying is funny, but it's not what he says. It's how he says it. Yep. And he says it with the absolute confidence. Just like, and his crazy laugh will take you right there with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Chris. I love, like, yeah, yeah. Just, I love Chris D'Elia. Yeah. You'll see a man on fire on Netflix. It's Precisely. But he's at, a, he's at a state in his career where everything that he says is funny because he believes it's funny. Yep. And, and so it doesn't matter. It, it sounds so funny. You, he could read, he could read my schedule to you and, and he would, he would make a crowd just split up for 30 minutes. I guarantee it. He's got it. Who do you miss the most in comedy that that's gone? Robin Williams. Yeah. For sure. I don't uh, oh, I would say Patrice O'Neill and then Robin. Oh, something that uh Patrice O'Neill said that applies to you wishing you had stuck in comedy. The one thing you can't have and be a successful comedian is a good job. <laughs> <It's> a <laughs> good true. job. He would say that shit. A good job keeps you on your feet, keeps yeah. you sane, keeps you you know, so when you when you do make that jump and you it is sink or swim, you know what I mean? Uh, that that pushes you to a new place, and that you you feel that pressure every goddamn month. Yeah, I do miss Robin Williams, man. Yeah, well, that's all I meant by but I don't have to defend Robin Williams. No, but there know. never has been, and there never will be someone who can. He's like, he's like <laughs> an improv troupe in one person. Yeah, whatever you throw at him, just I. Did you see that one where he was dressed in an American flag and did a whole bit? On being an American flag, he's like, "Hello, everybody! I was stitched on this day, just the 13 original stars, and killed, just pretending to be the American flag." Off the top flag. of his head. Off. I mean, he prepared it. Yeah. But, yeah. but you he can't tell. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, you'll see it. You'll see it. You but, can't tell. Uh, but there won't be someone like him. You could just say grapefruit, and then he would become <laughs> a grapefruit, give it a voice, give it some background, be like, "Oh, don't squeeze me!" Like he just fucking had it he, in his heart. And he did a. I was watching a documentary about how Aladdin was made. 
and they made the genie after Robin Williams. Yep. So they couldn't find anybody else to, to do that character. They gave him, yeah. They and, gave and, him. and it was even hard for the animators to keep up with Robin, with Robin when they were recording. Like, we have to, so much shit he says every, <laughs> you know, every nanosecond that it's hard to keep up with the anima- animation. It, he just had a he had a gear and something up here that I, I, have, I haven't was, seen man. before and I don't know if we'll ever see it again. Yep, yep. All right, man. Thank you so much for having no, me. No, thank you for coming. Johnstringer.com, everybody. Check out the dates. Go see John. You'll laugh. You won't learn shit, but you'll laugh your ass off. <laughs> <laughs> and tweet at him. Follow him on the social medias. All that good stuff. Uh, make sure you follow the feedback as well. Bak on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, go to iTunes and subscribe. Leave a review. I'm not giving a bunch of instructions right now, but it's all for the better if you want us to keep doing this thing. We love doing it. We have great people on. So We were talking about... I'm sorry to cut you off. We were talking about this just a minute ago. You only have to move your thumb six or seven times to rate and review this on iTunes. Oh, thank you. That's it really... It's such a short... It doesn't it, it doesn't take much time, but it means a world of difference on, on this end. And I'm not even a part of this podcast. I'm being invited as a guest. But how I see these podcasts grow is simply that if you enjoyed this, if you heard a comedian's name that intrigues you, go back, listen to it. Look those people up. We suggested some badass comedians tonight. But this podcast thrives and lives on your reviews and your ratings. So it doesn't even matter what you say in the review. Say my shoes are too tight. That's fucking fine with us. <laughs> can I, can I, I'm going to cut that and it's going to be all promo every time we start the show. <clears throat> shoes are too tight. That's true. Yeah. My shoes are too tight. That's fine. Five stars. Yeah. Whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, folks. We'll talk to you next time. Ciao, ciao. Thank you, Byron. Thank you, John. Thank you. Bye, guys. Peace.